the last thing I would like to share, talk with you, talk about is, uh, I have talked about that the last times also, but I just want to repeat it and bring it then in our la into our last meditation. So, there's a SIM card, the capacity of what is called Buddha nature, and we recognize and we activate the SIM card through recognizing. Recognizing what? That's the question. What is it what we recognize there? There's two approaches to that, to answer that question. If, you, if people dare to talk about, some people just say, it's, it's useless to talk about it. So there's two, two ways to talk about it. The first way is to talk about what it is not. And that's what the Buddha did in the Heart Sutra. That's also you know, in, the, in the Advaita Vedanta, it's called Neti Neti. It's not this, it's not that. So what the Buddha did in the Heart Sutra was, it's not this, it's not that, it's not this, it's neither this nor that, it's this is it's also not. And so it's just like, no, 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 this is not it. No, no. Yeah. So if you would want to kind of put this a bit into reflection, and again, it's a it's, it's always questionable if this kind of approaches are helpful for you, but you can test them, would be to bring the question into your inquiry, asking, is this who I am? So, you have an experience, is this who I am? Like you have, for example, anxiety, is this who I am? Then you have a sense of I, like in the, in the body, is this who I am? Then you maybe feel, maybe then you have a mental image of the body. And then you, is this who I am? Then memories come from the past, blah, 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 memories. And you look at it, is this who I am? Then you hear sound, and then you ask, is this who I am? And it's so obvious that you are not it because you are the one who's looking. I mean, you ask, no, you ask, is this who I am? You can't be it. <laughs> because you are the one who is asking the question. Um, so this is very important. Innermost awareness is not an object. It is not an object of knowledge. It can't be seen, it can't be felt, it can't be heard, it can't be understood. 
because whatever you hear, whatever you feel, whatever you understand, whatever you see, is not who you are. It's very easy. <laughs> so now, you start to ask yourself, yeah, if I'm not what I feel, if I'm not the sense of I, because I can't be the sense of I, I can't be the ego, for example, I mean, not the ego in the Freudian sense, but what like in a more like superficial way. I can't be the ego, egoic, egoic structure, whatever you understand when, when I use this word, because I'm aware of it. I can't be the I because I'm aware of it. The I is like the fish in the ocean. The thoughts are like the fish in the ocean. The experience like a fish in the ocean. So then, of course, and then at one point you say this, so you, you do the heart sutra. Okay, not this, not this, not that, not this, neti, 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 neti. Is this who I am? No, 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 no. <laughs> then, of course, at one point you, ca you come to this koan. And that koan is, who the heck am I? Who the heck am I? <laughs> it's a koan and the conceptual mind might battle with that koan for a while, you know, trying to find an answer. But there's a shift then at one point, a kind of giving up, a shift. And you rest there. It's a dissolving into the background. So it's dissolving into the background. What is dissolving into the background? Uh, that's already too. Dissolving into the background. There is nobody dissolving into the background, of course. Dissolving, dissolving into the background and being it. You don't find anything, you are it. Again, the, the image of the torch. So mindfulness practice, you know, paying attention to different objects in your experience. So this is the torch. Yeah? And you, you bring your mindfulness to the breath. You bring your mindfulness to the sensation in your body. You bring your mindfulness with, with your attention to your anxiety. You bring your 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 mindfulness into into your feet, you're aware of the sensation in the feet, yeah? So now. Now comes the question, the self-inquiry. What is it? What is mindful? Where does the intention come from? Where does the light come from? 
You could call it a light. It's like, no, it's the light which illuminates things so that they can appear to you. That's kind of you know, one of the one of the words being used is luminosity. So our mind is luminous, the same as the sun is luminous, because the sun makes it possible that we can see the things. They illuminates the things. So similar, mind illuminates the objects of mind so that they can appear to us. So now we ask, what is the light? Heck, there must be a light because I am aware of things, so there must be a light. What is that? So now you take, so with what are you looking then? What do you want to, I mean, what do you want to lose, use to look for the light? Yeah, the only thing you can use is the light, because that's the thing which illuminates things. So now the Mahamudra starts, the Mahamudra meditation, what is called the Mahamudra meditation. With the power of your attention, this is the torch, yeah, it's shining. With the power of attention, you kind of you take a beam of light, you know, <laughs> and you kind of turn it around. Because you're not interested anymore in the objects, because you have, you have figured out that's not who I am. Yeah? Because I'm the light, I'm, the, I'm, I'm that which is illuminating the things. So you turn around, and what, does you, what do you see? What does the light see? The light, yeah, you could say the light, yeah, but what actually happens is in that moment, you know, and this is like the first stage of Mahamudra where you, you know, where you, where you reflect, oh, what, what is the knowing quality? What is the openness of the mind? So you ask this question, and, but what actually needs to happen is that shift. So what needs to happen is that it goes like this. So you ask the question and you, ta you, you, you try to peek into the mind, into the light, But then there needs to be the shift of, I am the light. And I can't see it, of course, because I am it. You are already what you're seeking. You are already it. And when that happens, that shift, I am the light. And all this is happening within me. Then you have activated the SIM card. And then you have activated for example, compassion, because you are the light. It's all happening within you. There's no separation, there's no defensiveness, there's care, naturally. So this shift, uh, awakening, 
I don't think you can really, we can really do something to make it happen. But I'm not sure yet. So it needs to... You know, some, some traditions say it's a moment of grace. And you can, or another, I've read another teacher saying, so this moment of awakening is like an accident, but you can make yourself accident prone. Of course, you can completely relax because you you start to trust and rest more that you are already it. I mean, there's no, it's not that, you know, you have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, so you're already it, but the trust or the recognition is not stable yet in one way. So maybe it is actually that relaxation which helps a lot for this shift to happen, like this relaxation of, yeah, it's fine, I'm, I, 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 I let go of all these self-improvement projects, it's fine. I hang around, I walk through the mist, I do some trauma healing and some body work and uh, but yeah, I do it easygoing and you know it's it's not it's not that important. Something like that. Don't trust so much what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so now what I wanted to say is there is this way of pointing to what you're not but then in the Dzogchen and Mahamudra tradition they dare to say something about it they, in a way, a little bit too much almost sometimes, they make it into something. They make it into something positive. And that's the challenge. Or that's the trap one can fall into. That you make innermost awareness into something which you can find. Something which is separate. Something which has certain qualities. You know, some people feel that Somehow innermost awareness has something to do with peace and love and feeling one with everything and having an open heart and stuff like this, but it hasn't. These are side effects, these are symptoms, but it is not innermost awareness itself. So if you, for in your meditation, you look for love and feeling good and peace, these are all objects. What we're interested in is what is aware of love and having an open heart and Kundalini arising? What is aware of that? What is aware of the bliss? Or of the anxiety? So it is tricky, but anyway, I found it helpful as a kind of pointers, and I mentioned them before. So I'm using the translation of Tara Brach, in, from her latest book, um, Refuge, True Refuge. Of course, if a Buddhist talks about true refuge, he talks about innermost awareness, because that's the refuge in Buddhism. It's not Buddha Dharma Sangha or something like that. It's innermost awareness. And um, so innermost awareness, and she has this uh, this three categories from her 
teacher Mingo Rinpoche. So, the three qualities or the three—it's like three pointers, but don't—we shouldn't take it too literally. Yeah, is awake, open, and gentle. So now, what we need to uh, kind of start to chew on or start to uh, search in our experience, what are the reference objects of these three words? Awake, open, and gentle. Reference object means what are these three words referring to? So they are kind of a bit of a pointers. Knowing innermost awareness has not really characteristics. Because if it would be, if it would have characteristics, it would be an object. So, awake. Awake refers to the quality of knowing, the quality of aware, the quality of illumination. So, no, there is something which is always already here, which knows this moment, which is aware. Maybe you know the, the, the very simple uh, Buddhist definition of what is mind. So if you would ask a, a a Buddhist, a geisha, what is mind? He would say, mind is clear and knowing. Consciousness is clear and knowing. That's the definition they come up with. So the knowing here refers to that knowingness. There is a knowingness. So the sensations in your body, not, they not only appear, they are also known. It's a kind of effortless onness, an effortless being on. So what I mean with that is, let's do a little experiment. For five seconds, don't be aware. <laughs> One, two, shut it off, like, you know, reach back and there is this little switch and switch it out. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so observe what what are you trying to do? Yeah. So what is it? What, what, what I'm? No. What, what is he? Yeah. And then you then you look into that, into that which is always already there, and you don't have any control of it. <laughs> You can't switch it out. <laughs> I mean, even if you would know, maybe we could try to drink a, a bottle of vodka. Yeah, Let, let's try, like, like, knock it on the head. Yeah, but uh, but still, you would feel miserable, and you know, you would really feel bad, and it would vomit, and you know. And, but you would be aware. <laughs> you would. You are you aware that you feel terrible? Yeah, I really feel. I, I'm aware that. Yeah. 
And this uh, this kind of onness is there in any moment. You know, it's not you wake up in the morning and then you, oh, now I now I need to become aware. No, everything appears like you open your eyes and everything is there, and you're effortlessly aware. There's nothing to switch on because this it is already on, and it has been on through through the dreams, obviously. It has been already. It has even been on throughout the the dreamless state. This is a bit difficult to check, but it's possible to check that. You can be mindful within the dreamless state. So there was an unbroken onness throughout your life. That's the one thing which has been there, will be there, and is there now. And it's effortless. And from the Buddhist point of view, uh, it was not like that at one point in the room. I mean, it was also there, obviously, in the room. Yeah, You know that, that the baby is already aware. And so you go further back. And, and then from the Western point of view, we might have this idea that at one point, the brain is so complicated, like the mo- molecules, that suddenly there's this onness. From the Buddhist point of view, that does not make sense. So, it's an uncontinuum, it's an unbroken continuum of being on. So that's the knowingness. It's something like, something which is always there. That's why I say in my meditation sometimes, uh, where you, most deeply, where you are yourself, most deeply. It feels most familiar because it's it's the one thing. Your worries are different. Your body is different. Your thoughts are different. Your memories are different. All that changes, but there is something which does not change. It's also sometimes called the non-moving mind because it's not moving. It remains the same. It's moving in the sense because the content is moving. Yeah but it's not moving in its capacity to know. So that's the first. The second is openness. So openness is like this quality which we find when I use words like boundarylessness, centerless, a shoreless ocean, a vast sky. There's no boundaries. It's open. You can't find the end of it. Where's the end of my my knowingness? Where's the end of my awareness? You can't find it. It goes there, it goes there, it goes into all times, it goes into the whole universe. You don't find the end the end of it's open. Uh, Yeah, maybe it's uh, traditionally they say empty. Yeah. What this also indicates, this word empty, experiential, uh, what experientially it indicates is that there is not really something you find. 
it's not a thing. It's not really something you find. You don't find awareness. And then the last one. Uh, Tara Brach calls it, I think, gentleness or tenderness, maybe. Um, this is, I think, most difficult to talk about it because it becomes it becomes very easily like quality, no? Like so, but never anyway. I I, I so. Let's say it like this: many people who look into this nothing. No, all the mystics, that's what all mystics do in a moment, in a mystical moment. They look into this nothing. When they come out of that experience, the experience of this nothing, this open, boundaryless knowingness, when they come out of that experience, many of these people have the word love in, in their mouth. In a, in a strange way. But what they, what they come, if they want to talk about it, if they want to share it, they use the word love. And, and a Christian mystic would maybe too much personify that. You know, as, if, as if there is like a loving presence, which is like separate. But, but that's a bit how it feels. Maybe you have maybe you have uh, 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 listened to some interviews or read about people who had a near death experience, and that's what a near death experience is. It is looking into that nothingness, yeah, into that openness. What 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 I think I think all, all the all the people I, interviews I read or I saw some on YouTube, they all talked about a kind of loving presence. Or the light which I never felt and there was unconditioned love I never felt I, I, I didn't want to come back because it was so I felt so safe and so at home and 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 then maybe some people for some people it, it manifests or symbolizes as a grandfather or a grandmother who comes and pick them up maybe for for us it's it's Lama Sopa I don't know <laughs> yeah so of course we as human beings we we try to we, we need to kind of condense and symbolize things like that. Yeah? And then we come up with names and with ideas and, and then we come up with grandfather and grandmother. So I get I guess you have a sense of what I mean. It is is something um, which you might also have had probably a sense of you know, in nature in moments where you felt safe. And loved, and by something which, at that moment, felt as something bigger than you, and it's not bigger than you because it's you, but it's bigger than the ego, e egoic self. Definitely bigger than that. Much bigger than that. So these are the three pointers 
in this uh, in in the Dzogchen tradition, in the Mahamudra tradition, and you will find these three pointers in the writings of Toko Urgen Rinpoche, Rinpoche and his sons. Yeah, um, wakefulness. It's the cognizant nature. Sometimes it's translated as that, the cognizant nature. Then openness or emptiness, and then this. Yeah, this kind of love. And you are that. So these are the three. You are that. Okay. So, are there any comments, questions, something you struggled with or you disagreed with, also in the break, maybe something come up, something you have doubts about, you wonder about? Yes? Yeah, I want to ask if, I know this is, again, symbolic, but if you were going to attach a color to openness, they always use the, would you use the uh, the sky blue or is mm-hmm. the... Blue is, uh, is uh, that's the blue in the tankas, for example. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a symbol of, uh, of that, um, of that, yes. And, and it comes about by... Uh, like, if I would now lead a meditation with this without using the word blue, and then I would ask some people who have, who, who have a, who, who kind of resonate with innermost awareness, and then I would ask, is there a color? And then some people might come up. I mean, for some people it might be rather green, you know, like uh, the, the one, the lady there. Uh, for some people, it might be rather white, yeah. So, like Shenrezig. Uh So it is these these symbols ha- come into this tradition through experience, the people who experience it. And then, if they are asked, "Hey, you had this wonderful mystic experience. Can you make a drawing of it?" So. So that we can then they then they draw and yeah some some draw something white some draw something green and some draw something blue. There was interesting on the computer on the on the rest screen you know that's also a, a blue and that's a very very special blue mm-hmm. that they found makes your eyes rest the most. Uh, okay then that's a very good meditation object. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so instead of sky gazing, no, there's the practice of sky gazing. We do the, the what is it called? The computer. Oh, uh, it's the rest color. You know, rest when color. The, okay. the, when the screen goes blank, it goes to this blue. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Most computers do, and they and that's ah, yeah. the color that allows your eyes to. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So and then in Luciana, they had an exhibition, and some guy tried to duplicate that color in a big painting. To it's it, still there. Mm. It is. Mm. It's a very precise blue. Mm. You know. And one other question I had was, 
Some, it was about this ah moment when you try to have this recognition and the parallel I was thinking is that you have certain kinds of perspective drawings and when you look at them suddenly they turn inside out or outside mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. but you can never catch the moment when they shift yeah. and I was wondering if that shift moment was if you mm -hmm. could somehow catch that if that would be the, yeah, yeah. the key to opening this yeah I think uh, yeah Mm -hmm. I think it's a it's a it's a metaphor which can be helpful. Oh, a yeah, shift yeah. moment, yes. It's kind of like the moment of falling asleep. It's very hard mm -hmm. to catch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Far away. Yeah. Coming out. Mm -hmm. Yes. So regarding this shift moment in the beginning, like into innermost awareness. I guess in the beginning it's uh, more difficult to notice, but after a lot of practice, I suppose it becomes easier because you become more established in it after more times of dipping into it. Mm. Also these secondary qualities of openness mm -hmm. and tenderness and so mm -hmm. on, they become more noticeable, right? Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess a lot of people assume that, as you say, all of a sudden, yeah. but it's like in the beginning you also got to be aware of like the subtlety. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it, it could be a problem if we are too much into the intensity seeking, uh, because then that could lead to a missing this more subtle, this more subtle phrase, quiet. Innermost awareness is not intensive. It's it's very modest. <laughs> it, it, it's very it has nothing to do with kundalini uh, bliss something like that that can be a side effect uh, when knots lose that there's some energetic movements but the experience of innermost awareness itself is yeah as you said you put it you set it in a good way mm. yeah and then slowly, I think one way to become more established or more more confident is that you, when you then read texts or you listen to teachings, you you start to f see, wow, yeah, this is the flavor, this is it. He's talking about what I experience, and 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 then it grows on you. You, try, you start to trust it more. And then some people have a bit more like, in some tradition, like in the Zen tradition, they talk about Satori. So they kind of work towards some kind of a, a bit like more dramatic insights. And then, and then it seems to be an experience in time. Okay, this is the time before my Satori, this is the time after my Satori. So Satori is just this, is like a, 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 more, a more deeper recognition of innermost awareness. Um, yeah, something like this never happened to me. But it has to happen in an unexpected way. If, uh, you can't, yes. That's the essence of Satori. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
No, it's unexpected and it's it's un you can't compare it with other other experience. It will be unique and different for you and unexpected. That's why it's sometimes called a moment of grace. Yes. Um, yeah, I have a question about sometimes when I'm in very deep state of meditation or openness, it seems like um, the clarity of it brings with it some kind of um, sensation or feeling or recognition that everything is just a result of of the stream of consciousness so in a way it is all not everything is in a way true because it's it's happening um, but in a way it's also not true um, and you mentioned it very mm -hmm. briefly earlier about the being the thing of being true or not true or being in a way we are separate selves, but at the same time, sometimes I have the feeling, especially under deep meditation, that that I'm not me and you're not you, but it would be almost like kind of a posh thing to say or an indecent thing to say that you're not you because it's me who is experiencing, experiencing mm. all this consciousness. But mm. yeah, could you elaborate a little on it or does it come across clearly? Uh, it becomes uh, no it does not come across clearly <laughs> but uh, th th it can't so <laughs> but what I what I can say that I recognize and that I resonate with what you say yeah yes and um, so And also, what I, I mean, there's, uh, one can talk about the different things you said. But um, it's like when you talked, yeah? Like when you said, I'm not, I'm not me and you are not you. Uh, then I can recognize that. Because if I look here, I can't find m me. And if I look there, I can't find you. But we exist. Yes. And we meet, but we also won. So, did I communicate yes. communicate that clearly? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Yeah, and now yeah. when we talked yeah. in this dialogue, yes. there was a sense of recognition. Yes. We both had a sense of we it's 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 uh, rubbish what we say in a way. <laughs> uh, but in, it isn't because there is a there is a kind of Yes, there is a there is a recognition mm. of that 
with we we are trying we're communicating about something we can't really communicate but we have a sense that a knowing that we are talking about the same thing and it is a very very subtle thing huh for me yeah. it's very very it is subtle and it can be broken quite quickly like if you would now criticize me uh, then I, then I would maybe collapse and then I would uh, become defensive and then I would not feel that experience anymore yeah So in this uh, in this dialogues, it happens often that you say things like you said now, it is this and it isn't. Mm. It exists and it does not exist. Mm. Mm. There is, uh, there is, there there's you and there's me, but there's also togetherness and there's oneness. So um, it's a kind of paradoxical talk. And somehow, sometimes, like just now, we are able to hold this in our mind together like we can we can deeply meet and melt and in the same time uh, keep the sense of you are there and I am here and I will go home and you will go to your home yeah <laughs> you have to pay your bills and I have to my my bills but <laughs> on the other hand, yeah. it does not make sense no. because we are one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> why, go, why do you go home and I go, why do you go to that direction and I... It's like, <laughs> it does not make sense. Yeah. And where do we go? Yes. Yeah? Because it disappears in a way. It disappears yeah. where we go. Yeah. We yes. Yeah. Just in a way not. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but like no, that, right. Yes, yes. It disappears, but still, you are going to mm -hmm. to go home. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.